0: This is Nursing in America. Each week, we speak with incredible nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first. Okay, we're
1: going to Start talking now about buying a car in the US. Even when you just say it, nurses I know around the world are like, "Oh my goodness, this is going to be this is such a scary thing. This is so overwhelming. What's the affordable car brand or model to buy and ideal for long driving?" Um, you know, th- there's there's a lot of questions that nurses will ask. You know, what is what is leasing? Um, what is purchasing? What are the differences? Um, I see Lyra is saying, "Is four, $604 a month for a compact SUV affordable for new nurses in the U.S., especially in Tennessee?" So, lots and lots of questions about buying a car. And now, one of the biggest issues with buying a car in the U.S. And as we've said, most of the in most of the states, you have to buy a car. It's not like Rommel in New York, um, where you know there's public transportation in most in most states and in most locations, you're gonna to have to buy a car. So this come, This brings us to a big topic and mm-hmm. there's a lot to cover. I think before we do that, um, James, if you wanna give us kind of like a, a two minute snapshot about international auto source and what are some of the services that international auto source offer and Blair, if you want to maybe ta- tell us a little bit about Advanshield and what are some of the services that Advanshield offer, um, and also just to be clear to everybody who's watching, endorsing or not endorsing international auto source at Advanshield, this is information sharing, and this is just for you to get as much um, data and as much you know, just as much information as you can on the different services and the different options that are available to you.
2: Okay. Blair, would you like to go first, ladies first?
3: Sure. (laughs)
1: Thank
3: you. So, I am um, what we call a community development officer here for Advantial. We are a full service credit union. And if anybody needs me to explain the difference between a credit union and a a traditional financial institution, I can absolutely do that. but ultimately, we are not as heavily regulated as your bank, so we are able to offer much lower rates on our products and services. One um, of those being a program that we have created specifically for um, people who are relocating to the United States on work assignment. It's to help them transition into the U.S. banking system and get them used to uh, the U.S. banking system with little to no knowledge um, and very little preparation so it's very scary for you know obviously you guys to come over here um and not have that financial security set up and one of the benefits of our program um is the auto buying and leasing
1: okay thank you thank you blair so that really gives us a, a great background on what advan offers james tell us a little bit about international auto source.
2: well the first thing i can tell you is that even americans keep buying cars okay uh you know going into a party or going into a friend's home and people ask me what i do and i say well I actually i sell cars you can kind of see the little the little yeah. step back like you know that way we're, we're we're bad people but we're a little, it's a little <laughs> different in, in the international auto source world and to kind of build off of what uh what blair was saying is i would always st- go with a credit union over a bank uh for any kind of banking services credit unions are, are definitely the best solution i've been working with one since you know since i was 16. Uh, But International Auto Store is very similar to what Blair mentioned, a full service. But in our our world, it's a full service auto solution. So basically, what we do is we have been helping foreign executives and foreign nationals who are moving into the United States with no credit history navigate through purchasing or leasing a vehicle. And we have manufacturer agreements from some direct manufacturers like Ford or Chrysler, Audi, Volkswagen and Nissan and they provide us a direct agreement to represent them to the foreign national community. Uh, We offer their financing and leasing services, so it's directly through the manufacturer. Additionally, we have our own leasing company that's able to provide leasing services for any other product outside of those brands. And in the financing world, we have the financing solutions that are, again, being offered to foreign executives and foreign nationals uh, who are moving here with no credit history, no driver's record, and we help them with their uh, obtaining that credit Building that credit in the U.S. at the same type of rates that average Americans pay here in the U.S. with a fully established credit rating. So when we're kind of setting up your loans or setting up, we're not actually running any type of credit. We're basing that off of uh, your employment and and your green card and 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 how you're actually relocating. Because as I'm sure Blair would agree, if anybody looked at your credit history, they would see zero, and now they're going to approve you at rates of 17 to 20 percent. You know. It it doesn't make sense to charge you more when you doesn't look like you can pay, but it's just the way the world operates, unfortunately, in the banking world. Um, so having that opportunity to use any kind of service that would take into account your employment and your visa, it's a very important thing to do in the beginning when you first arrive because it's very cost saving for you.
1: OK, well, thank you, James. That gives us a really um, good information on international order source. I think the biggest issue, as both of you have said, is that any person coming into the U.S. won't have credit history. Right. right. For many nurses, this is very, you know, it's very confusing. Why is this? Just can it, can you maybe give us like a two-minute snapshot of what credit history is and why an international nurse would not have credit history?
3: Um, our U.S. banking system, and, you know, it's something that I don't understand, but You know, credit unions and and banks, you know, any lender, identify your likeliness and your ability to pay back a loan based on your credit history of what you own. Um, So there's debt to income ratio. So it's the assets that you have um, compared to the debt that you have on them. Um, That factors everything from credit cards to homes, auto, boats, RVs, any asset that you have. So we look at your debt to income ratio and then we look at your payment history. Um, Something to remember is one late payment on an auto loan or a mortgage can affect your credit score by nearly 100 points, but it takes about seven years to get it back to where you started. So one small mistake a couple of days late could affect seven years of your life to get it started. It's extremely difficult to repair your credit score, um, a lot of Americans have no idea what a credit score is. One of my most common questions is, "Well, does it really matter?" Uh, and what's an interest rate? And does it really matter? And when you look at it, absolutely, it really matters. So um, to hold everyone, especially you guys coming in here who have no, you know, idea of what the U.S. banking system is, who have you know assets overseas or very few assets here, for us to grade you on a scale of what we grade Americans on their likelihood to pay whenever you haven't had that experience is extremely unfair. So a lot of our programs similar to um, theirs as well are specifically designed for people to not have to incorporate a credit history, but you're allowed the same benefits that we are. Um, You just don't have to jump through the hoops of getting a credit established because I'm almost 30 years old and Thankfully, I was raised in a financial background to establish credit, but there's a lot of people here my age that do not have um, do not have credit at all, that are trying to buy their first homes. You have millennials, and, and they're having trouble with these right. sky-high interest rates because they don't have an established credit. Um, people in the U.S. with the best credit are almost of retirement age. Um, and there's a lot of factors that go into the credit score. It's your credit age. It's your payment history, just all sorts of things. So we try to remove that burden from you guys so you are able to get um, auto loans and leases at a fair price and not charge this astronomical rate on an APR to obtain a loan.
1: Okay, I think, yeah, that's a very good explanation, Blair. Thank you for that. As you're talking, I'm just thinking about my journey when I came to live in America. Um, I didn't even know what credit history was. I don't think I'd actually even heard the term before. And in South Africa, we didn't have a concept like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember going with my, my husband and my two little kids and we were you know all packed up and we were going to go buy a car. And we went to a car dealership and we were all excited. The kids were excited. This is it. We're going to get our car in America. Um, and the, the person, the salesperson was, you know, yes, this is what we can offer you. And then he, um, we agreed on a, on a car and he came back a, a few minutes later with a very long face. And he said, you don't have any credit history. And we right. were like, what is that? Mm-hmm. We had no idea. We didn't know that we didn't even know credit history existed never mind that we didn't have it um, alone a lot yeah, of
3: people absolutely. a lot of Americans have no idea what the concept of it is
2: yeah. and that's kind of scary you know that yeah. they, they really should I mean it, it's it basically it's it's almost like a, fin- you're a financial orphan and to, to you can have all the assets that you can imagine I' we've, we've helped all different layers of, of executives that are moving to the US and people with, you know, but I have hundreds of thousands of dollars in my bank accounts. It doesn't matter if you can't show that you don't know how to pay. Even somebody who has a bad credit history is treated better than somebody with no credit history because at least they know they're not gonna pay. Okay, so they know they're not gonna pay, so they're gonna try to take advantage of that situation. And and, uh, for anybody who kind of goes outside of either one of our services, uh, the famous line that you'll hear from the dealership is, Well, you have to start somewhere. So if you just start with this 15% interest rate, okay, you can refinance it in a year or two. Okay. Just start now. And that's the hook. And there are programs out there like, you know, that you don't have to do that. But it's at that time, Tanya, you might've felt, well, what am I going to do? I have to get a car. Yeah. I have to do something. I'm going, okay, I'll take it. And it's, uh, it's, they take advantage of that situation.
1: Yeah. So again, that's this is part of educating yourself. James, yeah. you want to talk a little bit about how credit history affects uh, the interest rate and APRs? Sure. What is an APR? Because for some people don't know what that is.
2: Well, that's an annual percentage rate. So it's the interest that you're being charged on the amount of money that you've borrowed. Did I answer that right, Blair? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Blair is a, a lot more connected to the banking. So I want to make sure that I answer that properly. Exactly um, right. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a little bit more connected to the cars and the loans, and I'm the one who's always arguing with the bank for lower rates and for better terms <laughs> and things like that. Um, but basically what that is, is that's the interest that you're accruing on your loan and for the monthly payments that you're making. Uh, the rates here in the U.S., they, they vary. Uh, for new cars, sometimes you're seeing rates as low as 0.0% on a new vehicle. Okay, that's typically offered from a manufacturer as a special incentive, um, or they have a manufacturer rebate that they would give you back on on that loan um and sometimes even though it says zero point zero percent that might not be the best offer you might be able to get a lower interest rate okay from a credit union or from a cert from another service and then combine that rebate and have actually have a a lower monthly investment so it's uh it's really you got to kind of look at the deal and see what see what that is and see what the rates are that they're offering but uh, typically, I believe for somebody with no credit, you're looking at probably a starting interest rate of about 9 to 10% here in the U.S. On a, on a new car. On a used car, it would be even higher uh, because the depreciation of that vehicle is happening. So they're trying to protect themselves on the loan as much as possible. One of the biggest challenges that are exist in the U.S. today, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with it, but if they've heard about it, there's a, there's a global epidemic pandemic, as, as everybody knows, with COVID. But there's also an issue with uh, semiconductors, which are preventing vehicles from being built and limiting the amount of vehicles that are available in the US, which has driven a lot of those incentives away. So that 0.0% doesn't really, uh, it might not be available anymore. It might be a little bit of a higher rate from the manufacturer, 2 or 3%. Uh, again, why are they doing that? Because there's less cars, less inventory, so in their minds, they don't have to do that anymore. Okay, So it's less availability. And it's also uh, just going a little bit off topic, but it's also driving up the prices of used cars, um, which is now making used cars higher value, paying interest on those used cars. Um, what's going to unfortunately happen in the next few years is those when the vehicles do come back in and, and the vehicles are built back to how the, the inventory is, you're going to see that value drop on those used cars. And then you're going to be paying a higher potentially paying a higher interest rate on those used cars. So it's a little bit of a, of a different time right now happening in the US as far as car purchase and incentives and interest rates and uh, rebates or best programs.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So some really good information there, James. And um, perhaps you can also just talk a little bit about what is the difference between leasing and purchasing. And at, at Advanced Shield, how does how does that work? Um uh, Blair and James on your side. How does that work?
2: I defer to Blair, the la- I defer to the lady. ladies first always. <laughs>
3: um, the main difference between a lease and a purchase, it boils down to uh, ownership. When you purchase it, it's your vehicle. Um, you know, you can do with it what you will. Yeah. A lease is a little bit different. Um, and in certain situations, I highly recommend a lease. Um, it doesn't really vary on the interest rate on our side, but it's more so the ownership, and there's some stipulations. So you are so to speak, renting a car or borrowing a car. You're still paying a monthly note, but you have stipulations as um normally it's maybe you know ten thousand dollars a year for so if you have a three year lease term, you don't go over thirty thousand miles. now, this is not ideal for someone who has a high commute um, who will put a lot of mileage on their vehicle. So specifically for me, I do commute. Um, I have two kids. I'm a single mom. So I, I didn't need, you know, to lease a vehicle. I needed to purchase one because I would be buying a vehicle every two years with our travel and the mileage that I put on it. Um, But leasing is an incredible option. Um, Some financial institutions don't do leases. Um, They don't see the benefit in them. We do. We do have a leasing program. We also have a purchasing program. Um, Manufacturers, I believe, do do leases quite often. And oftentimes with your budget, and I hate to say this, but it also is a benefit, you're able to get um, a nicer vehicle or a vehicle that you may not have been able to purchase with a lease um, due to the lower payments. And if you're under that mileage gap, so um, you can lease, you know, a nicer make or model or a more expensive vehicle for less than you would if you were purchasing it. Correct.
1: All right. Thank you, Jack. thank you, Blair. And and James, anything to add to that?
2: Uh, yeah. So I'm a leaser to to Blair's point. Yeah, I, I don't have a huge commute. I, I have a nine minute drive to work, so it's pretty nice. Um, so the miles that I'm putting on per uh, every year is less than 10,000. So I, I do stick with leasing. Uh, a lot of times, when in our industry, we've seen a lot of foreign executives take the leasing option because they're typically here for either an L1 uh, visa or an H1B visa, and they're they're on a limited term, two or three years, and they want to just simply have the vehicle and turn it in and walk away, and not be responsible for you know not be responsible to resell the car or deal with any kind of resale. Um, in this in the market with green cards we've seen a lot more people lean towards the purchase of the vehicle because they're going to be here permanently and as blair mentioned they may have a they may have a commute so with leasing basically what you're doing is you're paying for the depreciation of that vehicle over a two or three year period the manufacturers or whoever the leasing company are trying to set what they believe that depreciation to be okay in two to three years you have the option at the end you're the first person uh, who has the option to purchase that vehicle at the end of the lease so for example if somebody as i mentioned before if somebody was trying to purchase their their vehicle now the value of the car that they set three years ago they had no idea this was going to happen with the with the microchips so the values are very high so they would be in a good position to purchase that vehicle most of the time you're simply turning that vehicle in and walking away from the lease so it does seem like a rent okay where it's you're kind of renting a car but you do get a lot more car for less money okay because you're only paying for the depreciation um when you're financing you're going to have a sense of ownership and responsibility for that vehicle you know and it's going to be yours uh, sometimes it just comes down to personal preference I'd rather know that I own my vehicle everything I'm paying into my car is mine I, this is my car and in four or five years I'll be able to resell it make some of my money back and probably spend almost similar to what I would have spent on a lease. Where on a lease, I like to drive a new car every two or three years. You know, I have to have the new headlights or the new windshield wipers, whatever is new. Um, so I like to do that. But some people like to, you know, just be able to just walk away and not have any kind of responsibility for the vehicle and, and just be clear.
1: Okay. So there really are pros and cons between Absolutely. leasing, which is essentially renting a car or purchasing. Correct. First one, Rommel,
4: Joe, did you lease or did you purchase a car? For me, I, I purchased a car because when I came here in the US, I really don't have any idea about the credit score. Then somebody explained it to me, okay, just download Credit Karma and then you will see your credit score. But I don't have a score because there are many factors that you have to consider, your payment history, the age of your credit and the history itself and your credit uh, card utilization. I think your payment and there's a lot of things that's in credit his in credit score so i was lucky that um i had i my friend knows a bank that you know they um actually loan money to to international nurses who just came to the us but it was like um high percentage but i have no choice but to take it it was like 8% but it's um they my friend said it's 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 okay so i just you know I just got um you know loan it and and I'm happy that you know there's international auto shop and there's blair of the adventure there that you can you know go to um take advantage to because when I came here, I don't know anything I don't know any bank it is just like a referral, but if I know I have a choice I would go to probably Blair (laughs) (laughs) to purchase a car but for me I purchase a car because for me I want to own the car I want to you know I I want to take care of my car (laughs) and after that you know after paying it it's mine so that I want the the feeling of having it like as mine so I purchased a car you wanted to own it I want to own it. Own it. it. <laughs> and regarding credit score, I yeah. think you have to be around good or six hundred ninety to seven hundred something score to have a good percentage, right? Yeah. Of APR.
3: Yeah, six hundred forty is fair um, and ideal, but oh. the percentage of people at a six hundred forty they- it's what <laughs> it is. Yeah.
2: Oh. And if you ever actually pick it, have a chance, and and if. Before you buy a car, if you look at the the newspaper ads from the manufacturers, you'll see you know that zero point zero percent offering or that two point nine percent offering or that special lease payment, and in the very bottom, in a very 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 small print. You have to have at least an 800 credit score to qualify for that, that or 750. On
3: your credit worthiness. Depending so on
2: credit worthiness, yeah.
3: James had mentioned his like least favorite saying, so that's one of them. The other one is depending on your credit worthiness. Yep. That's the second one, and then anything that says little to no credit, no problem. There's yeah,
2: problem. that's another. That's another. I
1: remember. of those. those.
2: Little to no credit, no problem. No credit, <laughs> no problem is scary.
1: You've got to be careful of that. Um, And just to share with everybody, on the LaFora Talk Show Expert Edition, one of our next shows is going to be on credit history. So we're going to be tackling that topic and bringing in experts as well and talking about that in a bit more detail about how to build your credit and how to understand how your credit is evaluated. And well, once you
3: understand you? it, it's great. That's one of my favorite things to just talk. I, I catch myself talking about it with like friends and family. And I'm like, why are we talking about credit? Yeah. But once you understand it, it does make
1: sense. Yeah. So, so we look forward to, to that next topic, which will be very exciting.
0: We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show.
1: Rommel, did you, I know that you're actually using public transportation. Did you actually land up buying a car or or, or did you purchase a car at all?
5: No. no, I haven't yet. But if I had the chance, if I have to select, I would go for the leasing. And a lot of my friends actually started leasing. And I think that's common in New York and it's becoming more popular in New York. Um, I just want to add, though, as a tip, because a lot of nurses take for granted about their license. Um, they don't really get their license as early as possible as they reach New York. But I think it has also something to do With the rate that you're gonna incur in um in the interest rate, right? If you have an old license, then I think you're gonna have a lower percentage. I was told. So, as just as a tip, if you're a nurse coming to US, get your license as early as possible because eventually you're gonna own a car anyway. So yeah, I need to call you when I come back. (laughs) Well, there
1: you go. We We will be
5: here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, and we're local one.
2: so we can come see each other yeah exactly back,
1: meet back. in person which yep. is it, that will be great should be cool. N- that's one
6: okay. uh, For me uh buying a car is really uh, really a big task like a very big headache uh, there's a lot of factors to think about uh, like you said the APR, the loan uh, where to get, the local bank, those things. So for me I uh, like uh, in my channel I did a lot of videos about it. Uh, There's so much things to talk about. Uh, For me, I had a lot of experience with, I started with EIS, then credit uh, local bank, then ended up with an adventure. So I do have like a relationship to uh, (laughs) different experiences. When I came here, I went to uh, dealerships. They offered me with an APR of 16, 18, and 12. So uh, those are from the car dealership, different Mm -hmm. ones. Um, then um, my agent was able to find me a bank. Uh, we had an APR of 8%. So in her mind, uh, it was really a low price for me. Uh, like what uh, James was saying, not all Americans know about different options. Uh, I should have uh, wished I did more research. And I should have gone for like a credit union banks like which uh, because they offer less than uh, 8%. Um, so for me, it took me like three months before, uh, three weeks before I decided to finally purchase one, and I ended up getting with a bank because that's the only option what my agent was telling me, and that was my best option then. Uh, so, so the, uh, which is the only thing I knew about. So it you have to decide what kind of car, the the weather, weather has something to do with yeah, purchasing car, um, the the type of the car, the model. Uh, because for me, I only uh, my dream car was just to have like a uh, Honda Civic. That's it, Honda Civic. Little did I know that here in the U.S., there's a different models, different tiers have different models, uh, different specs, and uh, it's like a CVT transmission. Uh, you have like a different trim, those things. So there's really a lot of things to think about, uh, including the safety, safety features about it. Um, so for me i ended up getting like i said getting with the card, with the bank then after a few months like one year i shifted i did a refinancing with advanced credit union um, yeah. initially uh, i was thinking about getting from the ais uh, unfortunately um two of my cars two of the cars that i was choosing from they weren't available and um most of my colleagues here who came to my County, they had a a, a, they get the car from the international auto source. So for me, um, then I didn't really thought the need for it because someone will already drive uh, drive me within the cities. Uh, But if you're gonna go to a place where you don't know anyone, no one will drive you. I definitely recommend getting like an international auto source because it definitely will make your life easier, much easier as compared like waiting for uh, to have your social security number, waiting for or I be able to process all the loan. Uh, so it's a really, really big challenge for you to get a car here in the US.
1: Yeah, that, that's a lot of good information. And I think one of the biggest issues that that so many nurses struggle with, and I know somebody asked this question in the chat, and I was just looking to who it, at, at who it was, um, uh, was saying, you know, just about what is the affordable car or brand model to buy and um, you know, they, I think a lot of people don't realize how many choices they are.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we can't really recommend it.
3: It's not just a maker model, there's yeah. Yeah. a base model. Um, you have a base model, you have a luxury model, you have you know, all these features. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just bought a car in April and it was not enjoyable, but it <laughs> um, it's, it's just yeah. not something that. Is exciting like it should be, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into it, a lot. And somebody had previously asked about: Is this a decent payment for a compact SUV? I don't know if James will agree with me, but when you go to purchase a vehicle, never give them what you can afford on a monthly note. Agreed. Uh, do not go in and say, "Look, I can afford six fifty on a monthly note," because that is going to hurt you in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. They will assess you know your your debt to income your salary what you make and then um most programs like ours have like a set apr and sometimes we do tiered options especially for this kind of program and it's not based on your credit worthiness um but with no credit and you tell them you can do that you will walk out with a very high interest rate that you did not need in the first place
2: so yeah, just or very they'll fill it with director. back options
3: or they'll yeah. fill it
2: with aftermarket options that they they try to Correct. They backfill Correct. it with so um It's a very, and and it's it's to the point, you you have to really look at when you ask, like, what's the affordable payment or you really have to look at not only the car, but you have to look at where you're living, what your salary is, what your taxes are in that area, what your apartment. Very first thing you have to consider is your rent, Mm
4: -hmm. where,
2: where you live. You can't live in your car. Okay. You have to live in your home. So you have to live in your home. That's the very first thing you have to consider. So when you're really looking at that monthly budget, you have to consider all of those factors to see because. $500 Five hundred dollars a month goes a lot further in Kentucky than five hundred dollars goes a lot further in New York. So every every state is going to be different when it comes to that budget. And I couldn't agree with Blair even more than that famous question of So what is your monthly? What's the monthly investment that you're looking to spend? And they'll always use investment as as the word. So um, you know, and you would say, Well, you know, I w- my previous car, or I think I can afford six hundred a month. I'm not sure this is the type of car what I'm looking for. What does this really work out to monthly payment wise? You know, keep that, keep that to yourself on what you can afford monthly. Now, if somebody's willing to go through you with your budget, you know, sometimes they can say to you that the average person in the U.S. with a $60,000 salary may be paying about four to $500 per month on a car. That's different than giving up your budget. Don't ever give up your budget. Mm -hmm. Don't ever tell anybody your budget.
3: My favorite answer to that question is you tell me
2: yeah or not a lot ah,
3: put it back on them
2: not a lot not a lot I can't <laughs> oh <laughs> great <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: that's a great question. Know,
2: as blair gets answered all the credit questions i'm always pulled into my family going to buy a car so i have to go with them to the car dealership and deal with it and just kind of give the face like just no. kind of saying no like he can go but be- he can do better he can do better but he can do better he can always do better it, it is a very intimidating process It is very challenging especially for even us and Mm -hmm. even going to you know for a foreign national or for somebody first time living here in the united states i can't imagine the anxiety that comes with it walking into that dealership and uh you know them asking what's your social security number and you just pulling it out because it's the first time you're looking at it you know and now the dealer just getting even more frustrated so it's uh i can't can't imagine what you go through
1: yeah it really is a, a roller coaster. I think for so many nurses, they arrive in the U.S. so excited to be here. So, you know, it, it's been such a long struggle, so much stress, so much anxiety to get to arrive in the U.S. But when they arrive in the U.S., there's just so many things that come, yeah. Yeah. come up and it's such a roller coaster. I can see everybody's like... Yes. Yes. Because we can all relate. But one of the biggest ones really is the transportation and buying a car. So I really want to thank everybody for the input, for the tips, for the pointers, for the advice, because I think there's been some wonderful suggestions and really good information that's been shared that hopefully will help many, many nurses that are looking to arrive in the US and hopefully will make their transition as smooth as possible. And don't forget also when you're buying a car, you're going to have to register that car, you're also going to have to insure that car. So mm-hmm. just two other uh, costs to bear in mind when you are buying a car. Okay, any final words, final takeaways?
4: And um, I think let's start again with Joe. Okay, so ladies <laughs> first. So for me, um, this is the, like a lesson that I have learned. So my friend, I told you about this, Tanya. So my friend was like telling me, so we already have a financer for the car that we want, or we're just going to have to do, go to a dealership and buy a car. So she told me that, okay, do not tell them, like, do you have, um a, we, we should not tell them that we have a financer already because they're going to, you know, they're going to bump up the price of the car and blah, 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 blah. So we went to a lot of dealership and every time we go to a dealership, we didn't say that we have a financer. So every time we go to a different dealership, they would run our credit. And so it's it's a hard inquiry. It docks like around eight points to your credit score. And at the end of you know, at the end of the day, like we went to like a five dealership. At the end of the day, we cannot anymore apply for any credit card because of that. All the total hard inquiries. <laughs> so be just tell them you have a financer when you're buying a car, so they don't need to run your credit score and And then just like what um, just don't tell them how much is uh, the amount of money that they're gonna loan you. So don't tell the the dealership about it, you know, keep it and then make a budget, look at the offer. Do not settle into one dealership, go and you know go into different dealership and look for the best offer. So they say that you when you go to a dealership, you go to almost like at the end of the month because they are in a hurry to get there, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they are they will give you the best price because they are in a hurry to get there. Um, Incentive. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, good luck to everybody. I hope you will be able to buy your new car. Thank but you, John.
3: you are financing, the best way to avoid that problem with those hard hits is getting a pre-approval. So yep. if you know that you're going to go to a credit union or a bank, go with a pre-approval. Don't tell them because you're absolutely 100% correct, but you'll have that pre-approval. So when you find the one that you're ready to buy, you say, oh, by the way, I'm pre-approved.
2: Yeah. You just say you're going to pay cash. You, you, you're considering paying cash. You know, you want to pay cash, which will will which will make them nervous. But at the same time, you know, because nobody really pays cash anymore. But that this way, you're getting that best cash price and the rebates that exist. And then you, then you hit them with the pre-approval.
1: But James, was there anything else to add from the international order source side?
2: Uh, no, I just really appreciate, you know, the opportunity to be on here and to really talk about, you know, the services and, and uh, you know, try to help as many people as possible get prepared before they arrive. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been working, you know, as like, um, like Tanya mentioned, she's 21 years. I've been working with this organization for 21 years. Um, so I've seen it all. I've heard all the stories. Some of them are just so upsetting when you kind of see what they go through and how people are treated when they relocate here to the us um in this in this world i mean in in this auto world um and it's frustrating when you kind of it's there's nothing i could do about it so it's uh you know it's really in a situation where we just i just really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it and you know if anybody has any questions or any concerns you don't have to buy a car it's not like that. Okay. We don't, you know, say I can't answer that question unless you give me a credit card. Um, you know, if you, you can always reach out to me. My name's there. I'm sure Tanya's gonna send my information out. You can always reach out, even if it's just for an inquiry or some help. Uh whether you're registering a car, getting a driver's license, buying a car five years down the road this week. If I'm he's still here five years, not retired by then, that would be, you know, but we'll see where I'm at. But you know, either way, we'll be here to help you.
1: Thank you, James. We really appreciate your help and support. And um, Rommel, any final tips or um, pointers for anyone in terms of transportation?
5: So I don't want to confuse everyone <laughs> more. <laughs> I know I know, moving to the US is really, really confusing. you land there with a lot of issues, your accommodation to begin with, and then you have to purchase your transportation, which is your car. Um, uh, we are lucky in New York that I don't think we really need a car um, in the early part of our career in New York. But if there's a need and I would want to give an advice to talk to the experts, talk to to the experts and to any relative or any friends who've been there. Ask for suggestions, weigh it out really carefully. Um, don't be impulsive because that's going to be a major buy and that's going to be a major impact in your budget. So, yeah, be careful in buying.
1: Wise words, Rommel. I think those are really wise words. And last night, I think it was Paul who said, "Keep your expenses low. Try as much as possible with that first purchase that you make of a car. You know, don't go out. Who who said it, Joe? Don't go out and buy a Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> I think it was no, like, true. Tesla. True. It's it's
2: that's what a lot of people want from us. They, they look at Lincoln Navigators and Tesla's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Now in a dealer world, they'll be like, Oh, yes, yeah, I right up. Yeah. You know, we're like, no, 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 no. I don't I can't, you know, these are long term relationships. I can't be having you come back to me in two or three years because you can't afford this Lincoln ninety thousand dollar Lincoln Navigator. It's not suggested that you buy that first. Start small,
1: start small, work your start way up, and, work your and, way up.
2: Not yeah. my first car was my father's Ford Topaz that I had to, you know, I put a sign on it that said, please steal this car. That's an honest truth. <laughs> you start start small, start with a very small budget and uh, work your way up. You'll get there, you'll get there.
1: Baby steps. Just Baby one, final words, pointers okay. and tips.
6: Yeah, I'll, uh, like I just said earlier, keep everything low cost. Uh, I do have a lot of DMs saying that they want to get a Tesla. Uh, definitely it's a big no. Uh, you have to think <laughs> about your budget. Uh, also, for your um, what's this driver's license, uh, it does affect your car insurance. Like I said that- for me before, um, I had to pay $450 for my monthly insurance when I started here in the U.S. because I didn't have my U.S. driver's license. Yet. I was paying more for my car insurance than, than my car. My car actually just cost like $400 then. So, uh, so you really have to convert your U.S. driver's license as soon as you can. And insurance differs from state to state. Um, there's a lot of things to discuss. Um, I did a lot of videos on it. So anyone like new nurses there, please go to my channel. I'm sure you'll learn something from that. Um, uh, Tanya, thank you for inviting me. Thank you everyone for the informations. I really appreciate uh, you doing this, helping a lot of nurses coming to the U.S. And I really wish that you had started it then before yes. I came to the U.S. <laughs> it could have made my life easier, definitely. Well, so
1: thank, thank you, you. Nurse One, and thank you for, for everybody that's on the panel for sharing all your insights, your words of wisdom. Hopefully, as Nurse One said, that will, this will help those nurses who are arriving now. I wish, as you said, we'd we've, we've been doing this a while ago, but we're doing it now the goal really is to make the, tr- the transition as smooth as possible for yourself as stress-free as you can so thank you to everybody for joining us and um, if you have not yet passed the NCLEX and you are still looking to come to the US please do so now this is the time we've been doing this for many many years at Kinetics USA there are more jobs now than they have ever been in the US there is a massive nurse shortage there are lots of opportunities yes. so really now is the time if you have not yet passed your in clicks please do so and uh, we would love to see you come to the us and live your american dream awesome. thank you everybody thank you for joining thank us you thank you. nice to nice meet everybody. everybody
0: if you enjoyed the episode go ahead and hit the follow button on your podcast player and leave us a review Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work here in the USA. We offer direct hire, meaning you will be sponsored and hired directly by American healthcare facilities. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more incredible conversations.